What's going on guys? I'm Nate. And I'm Colin. And welcome back to Behind the Streams. So we are back again with an album review. I know we haven't done one of these in a while. So we're going to be looking at a pretty interesting album today. This album is This Is Happening by LCD Sound System. This is one of Colin's favorite albums ever. I'm a little bit less familiar with this album, but we definitely both have a lot of things to say about this. Colin, you want to give us a little background on the group? Uh, Yeah. Quick disclaimer before I say anything. I have so much stuff I want to say about this album, but I didn't have a great way to organize it at all. So just know that anything I say in this podcast, there's going to be more to it as well. I promise. This is a very dense album, super interesting group, and everything about them I absolutely love. LCD Sound System is essentially a band of like 10 people, but for the sake of brevity and the fact that other than playing instruments, the other band members don't do much, I'm just going to refer to it as James Murphy's solo project because after all, LCD Sound System is his brainchild. He did all of the lyric writing, all of the singing, all of the production, and most of the mixing on every single one of LCD Sound System's albums, and he's really the mastermind behind all of this. When he made this album, he was in his 40s, and he was already physically exhausted from touring the world from his previous album, which was The Sound of Silver. When The Sound of Silver came out, it was met with very high critical acclaim, a lot of people saying it was one of the best albums of that year, and a lot of people calling LCD Sound System one of the better up-and-coming indie bands at the time. So when they were pressured to make another album, James Murphy, instead of freaking out about it, was very calm and collected. He and the rest of his band members retreated into a studio for a couple months and began to work on This Is Happening. They were so secretive about what they were doing, only two things ever got out, and that was possible song titles. So with this album, when they were making it, it was mainly just James Murphy just like making different songs based on things that he knew from his childhood. There's a song in here that is inspired by Heroes from David Bowie. One of them is inspired by the disco he heard from his childhood. It's a very interesting collage of different genres and music styles throughout this album. Yeah, the one main influence that I definitely noticed was new wave and 80s music. Uh, on my first listen, it's really hard to ignore the uh, 1980s inspired sounds with all of the different synths layered over each other and the way that James Murphy kind of sings but doesn't really sing the vocals. Uh, this is definitely, I wouldn't call this a new wave album, but it's definitely new wave inspired. Before the album even came out, LCD Sound System sent out an announcement that they were going to be breaking up and this would be their last album. Prior to that, James Murphy had been told by his wife if he did not stop, he would die, and he believed that that was true. Since he was getting older and he was touring a majority of the time of his time, he claims that he was sick for 10 months out of the year, and it wasn't any sort of head cold. He had pneumonia at one point. He was very sick. He very well could have died if he had kept going with that, and he believed that quitting the band was the best option. He actually talked to David Bowie when he was alive at that time, too, and David Bowie supported him in this and said that, yes, if you feel that it's right to quit the band, then you can. 
they later got back together and through David Bowie's mentorship, James Murphy was able to successfully bring them back and make their fourth album, which was called American Dream. I knew that he was inspired by Bowie, but I never knew that they were actually that close. Yeah, That's Bowie crazy. was a huge inspiration on James Murphy, actually. I know Nate absolutely loves David Bowie. I love David Bowie. I didn't know that him and James Murphy were such close friends. I only knew the inspiration part. I didn't realize that David Bowie basically saved his career. Mm-hmm. So after all of this exposition, they finally released the album in 2010, and it did not disappoint. Uh, I want to try a different sort of album review style for this one. So we're actually going to go through song by song and maybe just let us know how you guys like this. So with the very first song, what a comeback for LCD Sound System. Dance Yourself Clean. Probably one of the most well-known songs on this album. Probably one of the most loved. Colin, take it away. Um, so basically it starts with this very quiet patter of drums with a super interesting rhythmic beat. It's not anything special, and looking at it in the grand scheme of things, it's meant to really lull you into a sense of calm. And then they hit you with the really loud, bassy synths for the drop, and that drop is something else. I've seen a couple live uh, recordings of this song being played, and it's just a -a one-of-a-kind energy on that song. For me personally, I've been listening to this song probably for about five or six years now. I didn't even know who LCD Sound System was, but I knew about this song. And this song is by far probably my favorite on the album. And by many people has been claimed to be one of the greatest songs ever made. I'm going to be honest. I've probably heard this song back when this album was more popular. My parents are uh, somewhat LCD Sound System fans, but the first time I really sat down and listened to this song was about a month ago when I heard this album for the first time. And I... I honestly did not like it. I didn't think that the buildup was satisfying enough. I thought the beginning was very badly mixed, which it is. The vocals are very quiet. And I thought that the buildup just wasn't worth the boring beginning. But the song has slowly started to grow on me. I really do enjoy most of the song, three quarters of the song. I still think that the vocals at the beginning are a little too quiet and it's a little hard to listen to if you don't have great speakers. But I've definitely grown on this song. I would consider it one of my favorites on the album. Despite the fact that it is very poorly mixed, would you agree that this song sounds super crisp and clear, though? Yeah, it definitely does. The only mixing issue I have is just with the vocals. Um, An obvious comparison for this song, something probably a little more well-known, is Me and Your Mama by Childish Gambino, uh, the intro song off of his 2016 funk album, Awaken My Love. Uh, that song is pretty much the same vibe with a, like a boring lulling intro that just repeats over and over again trying to draw you into a trance and then explodes with screaming vocals loud harsh guitars and synths i still definitely prefer me and your mama though but if you're familiar with that song you should check out dance yourself clean and let us know what you think something about how clear this album is it feels like the antithesis of some other albums like igor by tyler the creator those albums are purposely made to sound very lo-fi and human in a way with the record crackle mixed in this album is the exact opposite he tried to create the most clear and complete sound that he could and he pulled it off magnificently that's one of my favorite parts of this album is just how good everything sounds and this song uh, this album is the culmination of over 20 years of experience with james murphy 
like I said before, he was actually pretty old when he made this song. He'd been in the industry for over 20 years. He had been in three bands prior to LCD Sound System. So he definitely knew his way around the recording booth. And he alone structured this entire album. And you can definitely tell like by listening, you can hear his experience and how well how good he is at his job yeah absolutely one extra story about this song that i wanted to tell before was james murphy had to take steroids for this song this was the last song that he recorded on the entire album and his voice was so torn up from recording that he could not hit the notes on it he said that this is the highest song he's ever written for himself and he's never going to do it again but he said he had to take steroids for it so he could fix his voice for That's it. That's dedication. In the interview that I watched, he said, I juiced for this album. I cheated. And I thought that was really funny. So moving on to the next track, Drunk Girls. Honestly, I don't have a lot to say about this Neither song. Do I. It's just a great party hit. This song should suck if we're being completely honest. He pretty much repeats the same lines over and over again, but it doesn't. It's a really great song. I think it's really fun. It, there's not that much substance to it, but it, that doesn't matter because it sounds really nice. Uh, James Murphy has said that this whole sort of drunk theme in the song isn't meant to pick fun at anybody. He himself just likes to see drunk people arguing, arguing and he thinks it's the funniest thing yeah. ever, so he made a song about it. There's definitely a lot of that type of apathy and sarcasm in the album. Like, you'd think there's a lot more substance when in reality it's just fun or it's just sarcastic. And we'll definitely talk about that more later. LCD Sound System is very cynical with their lyrics and everything. The best way I can describe it is somebody watching the world burn and instead of trying to fix it, just being like, well, let's just have fun while we still can <laughs> and like not really caring. That's how I feel LCD Sound System write their songs, really. It's like a plane crash that you can't look away from sometimes. So the next song after that is One Touch. And I know this is one of your favorites. On yeah, the I love this song. And uh, this song is where I'm going to bring up the recurring problem I have with this album, though. But I'm going to use One Touch to explain where it's not a problem. The songs on this album are very long. Most of them push seven, eight, nine minutes. But I have no problem with long songs. I love long songs. Some of my favorite songs ever are nine minutes, 10 minutes, 14, 15 even. But... Some of the songs on this album just feel really long. They feel boring and dragged out. And the exact opposite of that is One Touch. This song is, what, seven minutes? Eight, eight minutes? minutes? It's like eight and a half. This song is eight minutes, but it doesn't feel like it's too long. It definitely feels like it's eight minutes long, but it's a song that needs to be that long because it's interesting. The main thing from this song, the main repeating pattern, is this one rhythm that keeps repeating. It's like, do-do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do. Do, 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 do. and it repeats throughout all these different timbres of drums and synths it starts out in like a very wet synth sound and then molds into like a hollow drum sound then into a guitar almost then back to the synth in the beginning and it just keeps doing that throughout the song and it's really interesting to hear that develop over the vocals which are very the vocals are really interesting again they're almost like screaming and talking without really singing but it fits really well with the music that's going on around it up until this song on the album, James Murphy has been at the peak of his register. So when he comes to One Touch, he brings it down an octave, and that gives it a whole different meaning than what we've heard before. Yeah. Before he was singing in this high-pitched voice, and now he's sort of almost muttering in a really low voice while we hear the other band members screaming in the background. And 
the way the drum timbre changes, it's so smooth that you don't even notice it until you realize, wait, this is a totally different sound. Yeah, you just it just feels like there are so many different audio channels happening right now too, just lots of different sounds. But that one synth drum part, you don't even realize it until you really focus in on it. But it's so interesting to hear it move throughout the song. Something about this song when I first heard it that blew me away was how rhythmically complex it is. There's like four different things playing all at once. And they're each doing their totally their own thing. You can't hear any sort of, or it would seem like it would be total chaos, but it ends up working. And if you listen to the individual channels, they're all doing their totally different things and it all seems to work out together. In all honesty, the only comparison that I can think of ever is the music of Charles Mingus. He was a uh, bass player and a band leader and a civil rights activist from the 1960s. And his uh, he played jazz. His music was very ensemble based and had the same idea of a lot of different things going on at once but they all mold together all mold together to create something where it doesn't sound like there's a lot going on at once the best examples i can think of are his song boogie stop shuffle and the album the black saint and the sinner lady which is basically based on the entire concept of lots of very different parts molding together to create one cohesive sound over time you'll hear a lot more about you will black that, saint. you will hear a lot about black saint and the sinner lady that album has been probably my favorite for a long time now, but I can never find good ways to talk about it. But it's an amazing one. song. It's an amazing album. I mean, <laughs> technically, it's just one song. If you, know, you think about it, you know it. it's good when I got Colin to listen to a jazz album. That's how you know it's good. I promise, it's actually a really cool album. <laughs> we'll talk more about it, but it is a great album. Who knows? Black Saint and the Cinder Lady review could be coming soon. This isn't sponsored by Charles Mingus. I promise. I wish we were sponsored by Charles Mingus. <laughs> this would be a lot cooler if we were. All right, All I Want. All I Want. Take it away. Amazing song. This is a beautiful conflict of emotions. Throughout All I Want, it is a very, very nostalgic feel. And it's constantly teetering on ugly tears or jumping for joy. And that whole duality of emotion kind of reminds me of the popular album from 2018 by Kanye West and Kid Cudi, which is Kids See Ghosts. In Kids See Ghosts, the story goes that Kid Cudi had struggled with depression for most of his life. He finally checked himself into rehab and found himself reborn with a new perspective on life. And he got back into the studio with his longtime collaborator and friend, Kanye West, who was still trapped within his bipolar disorder. And what comes out of that is a beautiful 25-minute album where it's when you hear Cudi's voice, it sounds so at peace with the world. And then you hear Kanye, and it's still very angsty and sad and feels trapped. And that whole duality of emotion was very apparent in All I Want as well. This song was actually inspired by Heroes by David Bowie. Talked about that at the beginning, very um, Bowie-inspired. You can definitely hear the inspiration from Heroes in the chord progression and the way guitar the guitar plays them uh, is very similar to Heroes. I think it's probably the same progression. So... It's just cool to hear James Murphy paying homage to one of the greatest songs and one of the greatest musicians. We didn't mention this before, but this song structure is very similar to One Touch as well. Instead of the regular intro chorus, verse chorus sort of formula that you hear a lot, it seems to take on a song structure similar to how most books are written. It starts with a very quiet introduction and then blasts into the main melody and over time, it just slowly builds until at the end, it's just James Murphy screaming, take me home. And then the song just slowly falls apart. 
and it's almost like that rising action climax sort of thing you get from reading a book or watching a movie. It's so cool. And the outro is really interesting, too. Uh, eventually, his vocals just cut out, and it's just a lot of synth sounds, and it lands on a long, sustained chord, which is not the way I would expect the song to end. I would expect this to end with either a fade-out or just continuing the synth patterns, but instead it goes to this completely different outro and then lands on the last chord I would expect it to land on. It's really interesting to listen to. However, I prefer uh, one touch to this song. I think that all I want is the beginning of where the problem, the problems I have in this album start to show. I think that this song does drag on a little bit, and it's not even longer than one touch, I don't think. It's just the fact that I feel like James Murphy has made the song longer than it needs to be. I just don't think it has as much substance to fill that whole time, and I think it could have benefited by being about five minutes long. As we get into the second half of this album, you'll hear Nate talking a lot more about how the songs drag. It's so odd because I love long songs. I probably listen to longer songs than you Colin like too. 20 minutes I listen I will listen to songs that are 20 minutes long and not see a problem with it but this album specifically the songs just drag for me and yeah like Colin said we'll get into that problem later it's not even that big of a problem on all I want it's just where you can hear that kind of thing starting to develop I don't think all I want is too long by any means but for me personally I couldn't disagree more I think None of the songs besides one that is like towards the end of the album drag. I personally love almost every song on this album. Honestly, I probably love every song on this album if you really think about it. But I don't think any of them really drag. So yeah, you'll get to hear that different perspective. To be honest, I don't know if drag was the best word choice. I think more just unsatisfying would be a better word choice because... The songs just start to stagnate and not develop after about four minutes, and then they just continue the same thing. And then sometimes there's an interesting outro, sometimes there isn't, who knows. But we're never really going to be able to agree on what objectively makes a song satisfying. So, Or we can make you listen to us argue and give you a <laughs> headache. That's fun, too. Yep. All right. I Can Change. Is Great this song. your favorite? This is my favorite song in the album. Um, I heard this song a lot when I was growing up. I don't know why. It just always seemed to be on the radio. But I really like this song. It has a very uh, dark... It has, Not dark. It, the lyrics are just a little twisted. But the song's very happy. Uh, the way that the lyric pattern goes, it's James Murphy singing about love. And the first chorus he mentions, he tells his love to never change. You're perfect the way you are. Then he gets defensive. And then the second chorus, he tells her, oh, but I can change if you want me to. I can change, I can change, I can change, but you should never change. Uh, but I can do whatever you want if it makes you happy. But the whole, the song, the instrumentals don't really reflect that vibe. They're very happy, upbeat synths. And it's just great to hear the duality. It's such an interesting song. And I come back to this song a lot. I honestly don't have a lot to say about this song. Everything you just said there is pretty much summed up how I feel about this song. It has a very interesting duality in the lyrics and the instrumentals. Kind of reminds me of Radiohead, like with No Surprises or other songs like that, where the lyrics are so messed up, but the chords and the music itself sounds very happy. So that's a very interesting take on that song. And then right after that, we come up with Nate's probably least favorite on the album, or one of them, and one of my favorites on the album. So this will be our biggest disagree. Absolutely. This is You Wanted a Hit. It is about nine minutes. I think it's like nine minutes, six seconds. I feel like it feels like five minutes. It's a very, it feels very short to me, and I love how the song progresses throughout. Nate has something different to say. The about song it, feels like it's half an hour long. 
Like, honestly, I the intro just drags on for so long, and it's not even interesting. It's just stagnant. And I would be fine if it's a stagnant intro like Dance Yourself Clean or we talked about before Me and Your Mama by Childish Gambino. But the release isn't even satisfying. It just starts. There's not a big moment like in Dance Yourself Clean where everything blows up and James Murphy starts screaming at the top of his register. The song just starts. So I'm sitting here like, why did I sit through all of that? Where's the release? Where's the tension and the satisfaction? Like, what was the point? If it's just going to begin the song, why not make the intro 30 seconds long? I disagree, honestly. I feel like once that intro uh, happens, it just slowly starts building more and more instruments and ebbing and flowing between super energetic passages and really quiet, sort of slow passages. I love how you can hear the synths will come in and then the guitar will come in and then you'll hear extra backing vocals and the song just keeps building over time. That's what's really interesting to me about it. I feel like the build is just unsatisfying though. It's not building in interesting ways like One Touch. One Touch builds so interestingly by shifting the different synths and the different timbres and the different rhythms, but you wanted a hit is just there. It The intro happens and then the song starts and then the song ends. And honestly, it's just unsatisfying start to finish. So leaving off on the note of unsatisfying songs, with track seven called Pow Pow, I think at this point they just stopped trying in the album. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, this song is bad, okay? It's not good. <laughs> he, James Murphy has devolved past his passionate yelling vocals that don't really sound good, but they fit. And he's just talking at this point. Like, he is literally just saying whatever comes to mind over this really weird, skittering, scampering drum beat. But, you know, it's funny. This song is funny. The things you're talking about are pretty funny, and it's honestly entertaining. So I can get into this song. Even though it's not good whatsoever, I can really get into it. I think overall, if I recommended this to anybody, I would expect them to hate it. There's no way I would ever tell someone to listen to this and think that they'd like it. But for me, it's like it's so bad it's good sort of thing. And I actually really like this song because of the great one-liners in there and because of like how strange and out there it is that it's actually pretty good. It reminds me of the Talking Heads in a way with their whole their spoken word vocal style on here and the really um, fast-paced drum beat as well. So yeah, I don't know if we you have anything more to say about that song, but yeah, it's a very interesting song. I think you guys should check it out. And Don't expect to like it, though. <laughs> Definitely don't expect to like it. Speaking of not liking it, the next track, Somebody's Calling Me. And this, this song... This is the one song we can both agree that we don't like on it. This song is where my problems with the album really come to fruition. This song is pretty much uh, six minutes, right? Six minutes Seven long? minutes. Six, seven, six, almost seven minutes long. It feels at least twice that length. I think this song would serve much more perfectly if it was about a two-minute interlude between Pow Pow and the outro track Home, which we're going to talk about in a sec, because Pow Pow is very sarcastic and funny, and you can hear that there is kind of a lack of effort in it. Somebody's Calling Me could be an interlude where they just take the best from this song, like the distorted guitar sounds and the vocals from the chorus, and then just transition right away into Home, which is a beautiful outro, uh, much more back to like serious, real music making that we heard on some of the earlier songs. But no, this song just drags out for a really long time, and it's very unsatisfying. They had a good idea with the chorus and everything, making the synths link up with the melody that James Murphy was singing. But in between, for the verses, they just make you wait for so long. And I feel like for the chorus to be 
it's good, but it's not that good. It's not worth the waiting. And I feel like this is the one song that really brings it down and makes me think this album isn't a perfect 10 for me. Even though it's like almost top five for me and I love this album, this is the one song I actually have a problem with. It's just how long it feels, even though it is pretty short in comparison to the, some of the longer songs on here. It's just weird to think that a song that's shorter than some of the other songs feels so much longer. It's the same thing, uh, the same problem I have with You Wanted to Hit. I know, Colin, you don't have that problem, but it's just yeah. weird to think about. But all of that complaining that we've done finally goes away on the outro track, where, in my opinion, is probably one of my favorite outros of all time and is a super, super cool song. Throughout it, there's this metaphor of him being taken home, that he sings about it in All I Want, sings about it in Dance Yourself Clean, and then finally the outro song called Home is that final uh, destination point he's been going towards this whole album. There's not really an underlying theme to this album, but I feel like the idea of home being that one safe place could kind of be it. And for this outro, it feels very calming and it feels like everything's going to be okay. It feels like coming home after a long night out. And this even song? though the night have been might have been very might have been full of turmoil, coming home everything is okay. This song actually gives me the same uh, emotions and the same vibes as the outro of Pure Heroin by Lord. That song is called A World Alone. I have no reasoning for why, but I just feel that way. And I really love that song. Uh, I think this song is pretty good as well. And yeah, definitely a really satisfying outro. And I was really happy that this album had a satisfying outro because I like this album. It's just that the last three songs leading up to the outro, I can't stand. So I was really happy to have the album close in a satisfying manner. And yeah, I love this song. Something about the outro too that I noticed when I first heard it was they took the vocal melody that James Murphy was singing in Dance Yourself Clean and interpolated it into this song. So it's essentially Dance Yourself Clean Part 2, where Dance Yourself Clean was all ready to go and full of energy. Home is much more calm and relaxed, but it still has that sound. So it's a really nice way to tie it all together, and I love that part. Not to be a dead horse, but this, again, could have been totally improved if we had taken, uh, if uh, not we, if LCD Sound System had made Somebody's Calling Me an interlude and then perfectly segued the sarcasm and one-liners and ridiculousness and goofiness of Pow Pow with a distorted interlude and then lead into this triumphant outro. I think that would is the one thing that could even bring this to the next level, but it's still very good the way it is. With Home, probably the perfect outro for this album. I couldn't imagine a better song to end it off. This album overall, very, very interesting album. It has so many different song styles, song structures, ideas throughout. But somehow with James Murphy's expertise with producing this whole thing, he manages to make it feel very, very cohesive throughout using the same instruments or recurring patterns and patterns and motifs throughout the lyrics. He makes it all feel super cohesive despite it not having any sort of general theme. In one Pitchfork review I read about this album, the writer put it very well. They said the LCD Sound System's albums sound like a greatest hits album. Every single song is different and every single song is great in its own right. 
But something that they do different from that is that they add a sense of completion to it that some greatest hits albums don't have. For all the complaining I did about this album, I want to reiterate that I do consider this an album I liked. I've listened to it uh, two times from start to finish now, and I've revisited a lot of the songs, especially One Touch and I Can Change. And I do like this album. It's especially grown on me since the first time I listened to it. Uh, I do have problems with it, though. And the main one being the thing I keep coming back to, the satisfaction, and how some songs are satisfying and some are very unsatisfying. So if I had to pick one word to describe this album, I would say satisfaction because the levels of tension and release and the way that the buildups and the explosions uh, change between the different songs are what really separates the songs that I love, like Dance Yourself Clean and One Touch from the songs that I don't like at all, like You Wanted to Hit and Somebody's Calling Me. So yeah. Uh, my one word for this album is satisfaction. And for me, my one word would probably be complete or cohesive or something along those lines. Because to me, this album, despite it having some flaws and some moments outshining others, it's all very equal and it all fits together extremely well, even if it is constantly switching between these really unsatisfactory songs and amazing songs. And that's what I really admire about James Murphy, how he was able to make it work. Even if he didn't have some of the greatest songs and he didn't think that he was the greatest songwriter or singer ever, he still manages to make it work. And that's what I really admire about him. This was definitely, this album was definitely an amazing work by James Murphy. Um, I completely agree on that in terms of complete because the bad songs don't make this a bad album. It's still a good album despite having three or four songs that I genuinely don't like. So yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Mm-hmm. And for that, I think that'll wrap up the review, right? Yep, that's going to do it. You know where you can find us. You can listen to this wherever you please. Check out our playlist, follow us on Instagram, and of course, tune in to 88.1 WLTL to hear some great tunes. As always, I'm Nate. And I'm Colin. And thank you for listening to Behind the Streams.